All right, listeners, welcome back. Today, I want to keep going with our exploration of the topic of feedback. So if you listened to the last episode, we discussed the concept of radical candor, and I hope the listeners were able to gain some insight from that perspective. Today, we're going to get into another feedback model or perspective called the Johari window. And this is a method leaders and managers can use to better understand their teams and enhance communication between the members of the team or the group or between the leader and the group. So with me today to discuss this method is Senior Chief Henry Nickel. Henry joined the Navy in October of 1998 and was trained as a surface quartermaster. He spent a majority of his career on the West Coast, including six years stationed in Japan. Uh, and his last sea tour was on board the USS John Stennis out of Bremerton, Washington, and he served there as a senior quartermaster. So he currently serves as a faculty advisor and facilitator for the U.S. Navy Senior Enlisted Academy. Henry, good morning. Welcome to the Cutlass Podcast. Hey, good morning. Glad to be here. Hey, it's good to catch up with you. Thanks for agreeing to come on and explore this topic. You know, I was first exposed to this model when I sat in a course, you know, as a fleet mass chief, and you were the lead facilitator. You had an under-instruction facilitator. It clicked with me then, and the, the utility and application of it when I went to the Air Force Senior Enlist Academy, they never dove into Johari window, at least that I can remember, or at least to a point that I remember where I could actually use it. Definitely when I came up there and talked to you guys and saw the class interact, I thought it was a powerful model. It's rather simple per se, and it's a great tool that I think leaders and managers could use to increase uh, awareness of themselves. So in that leading self vector, I think this helps with that emotional intelligence piece about being able to assess the environment around you, what people know, and, and how they perceive you based on what you're showing them or not. But I also think it's a great tool to increase communication and for providing feedback, and we'll talk about that. The model is basically based on two key ideas, so I think it's always good if you can start by providing a general introduction to this method and why you think it's so important for listeners to understand. So the name Jahari, it's not some name that's pulled out of the air. It was based off of two psychologists, Joseph Luft and Harry Ingram, and they came up with this idea about how people communicate and how they lead in an organization and even in their personal lives can really be broken down into four panes or four windows. And that's when we talk about the public window, which is what you know and what people know. You have the blind, which is what people know and you don't know. You have the facade, which is what you know and people don't know. And then you have the unknown, which is just the unknown, which you don't know what you don't know, and there's really no control over it. Just your insight and experience can help mitigate if there is a downfall from the unknown. So we use this in our lessons here to help senior leaders understand that as, as chiefs and senior leaders, we provide and guide direction for our superiors and for our subordinates and for our peers. But are we doing it the right way? Is it coming across the right way? We really like to say that we're good at giving feedback. You know, hey, that's not right. This is how you do it. Hey, that was a great job. But are we really doing it right? Are we disclosing things about why we're giving that feedback? And are we receiving feedback? And really, a lot of this stuff kind of ties when we talk about for communication, how it's given and how it's received directly determines how it's really received. Like, if somebody's rude about feedback, you're going to take it rudely. You know, somebody being positive about it, you may take it differently. So that's how we really tie this in. And that's where we bring it into radical candor. And then we also have the self-assessment practical exercise with our students where they can really look at their leadership style and are they receptive to feedback or are they not? And then that really could tie into their actual position. Me as a senior quartermaster on a ship, I'm the technical expert in surface ship navigation. So 
give a lot of feedback, a lot of training, a lot of direction. Hey, this is what we should do based on experience, and this is why. But my method of receiving and giving feedback would change when I became a facilitator because now I'm facilitating discussions. All right. So you talked about uh, these two kind of vectors, or you touched on them. That kind of cued out to me, and like I talked about in Radical Candor, these models that end up putting two vectors on with four quadrants I think are always useful because it kind of helps you mentally show where you're at. So in this case, it ends up being two vectors that are one is what you know about yourself or that kind of leading self and self-awareness piece, uh, and the other is what others perceive about you, right, based on your behavior and what they see about you. So as you mentioned, four different quadrants that you let people know and what they know about you. So that's probably the best box to be, right? That upper left quadrant, that's where the best mm -hmm. communication happens. What's your thoughts and your feedback on how to get into that spot? And from what I understand, right, the more you enhance what people know about you and the more you provide about other people, that bigger that box gets. And then the bigger that box gets, the more effective communication becomes. So let's talk about that upper left box. Yeah, so the public plane, that, that's known to self and known to others. And if we, we tie that into, you know, if you start with basics, right? Uh, I'm a senior chief of the United States Navy, been in 22 years. I disclose that information, so now you know that about me. And then you tell me how long you've been doing your job, so then that I know that about you. And so we're communicating. And so, therefore, our public pain got bigger because we're discussing this. And then I could take this into my job, which is I've been a facilitator here for a couple of years. So the topic material I'm very comfortable with and knowledge about. Now that we went through this lesson and we talked about it, now you know it. So now I disclose information to you and our public pain grew. And that's really where we want to be, you know, in leadership is this is me, you're you. We're sharing and communicating information, both feedback and disclosure about why, why I do what I do and then why you're going to do what you do. And that way I understand how to respond understand how to give you feedback and understand how to receive feedback. And that's where we want to live. You know, because if you start getting into the unknown to self and unknown to others and you start hiding things or people feel like they have to hide things from you, that's not very effective. That's not communication. Okay. So let's talk about this from two different perspectives. So we talk about this enhances communication between team members, right, among each other. So let's look at it from the perspective of how the leader can increase transparency and why it's good for them to have a bigger upper left box from the leader to the follower perspective. Why is that healthy? Senior leader has been doing this for a while. So I go to a ship and I'll be like, hey, look, this is my, my third ship as a senior quartermaster. I've been doing this for a hot minute. And so therefore, I have experience in this that I want to keep the ship safe. We don't run aground. We don't hit anything. Therefore, I want to make sure you understand that and I want to know where you're coming from so I know how to communicate with you effectively because, you know, you, you have a, a subordinate or somebody on your team that may be based just the way you appear to them, maybe standoffish or, or not really want to communicate and you just, look, I'm, I'm a person who has a job and this is my job and this is what we're going to do to get that job done, but we have to work as a team for the overall good of the mission. Yeah, and I see it, I think, as I think about it more, because it's always insightful as I, you know, even when I sat up through the course in there, I remember taking notes and thinking about this, but just talking about it now, as a leader, as you reveal more, right, a couple things this is doing for you, people that listen to this podcast and hear me talk, right, I always talk about these power bases, but expert and personal power. So again, revealing, not in a braggadocio way of like, I know my stuff, but by revealing the scope of your experience and what you know to the team in an effort for them to learn and understand you, 
that increases your expert power base. And then also being transparent with your team and offering up a little bit about your true authentic side, you know, and really open up that communication window, this will open your personal power base up. And again, when you open those two power bases up and you start to build them, that's when you're going to get that trust, the credibility that follows, and then your team will start to buy in you a little more. So from my perspective as a leader, that's why it's so important for you to open this window of knowing yourself and offering a big part of that self and what you're thinking to other people instead of hiding it. Because when you hold that stuff back, people can see these behaviors or they see what you don't do or they hear things from other people, right? Rumors and things like that. Your reputation can get misperceived and you can get skewed and then your trust and your, your credibility as a leader and your trust can uh, take a hit. What do you think about from the team perspective? So why is it important for, um, quote unquote, the follower or you know one of the junior team members to provide information on themselves to their peers or the leader. Well, I mean, that really would expose the way to communicate, right? Everybody needs to be, everybody takes in information and passes along information in their own personal way. I, I tie this into a personal story of junior sailor. He joined in Disney three and, you know, he's going to come to the ship, you know, talk to the sponsor and we got him on the phone. And as soon as I heard his voice, I knew that he was very well-spoken I asked him how old he was. He told me he was 25. I was like, okay, you're not young. And come to find out, he's got a bachelor's degree, like a couple courses away from a master's degree, been a manager at a couple businesses before. He just wanted to join the Navy because he wanted something better for himself and his family. Right. So I knew immediately, like, okay, I'm not going to talk to this person the way we probably would talk to an 18-year-old E1 or E3. Uh, I'm going to talk to him a little bit differently. And he responded differently. And, you know, long story short is he just made chief last year. He communicated and he displayed this to me. And I said, okay, this, he has like a mission, a personal mission for himself and for his family. And he wants to do good things and great things. And he wants to keep going. And he was just selected for OCS about a month ago. So he'll be up here shortly to go through that. But I would talk to Petty Officer Davis, now Chief Davis, differently than I would talk to maybe Seaman Recruit Young based on their age and experience and based on what he disclosed to me about why he's here, what he's doing, and his capabilities. Okay. So this is another power base we're going to get into. I haven't done an episode on this. I need to dive into this one. But information power base, right? And I talk about why information is so powerful in the Chief Petty Officer's Guide and the conversations I have. And I also talk about where you can get information, right? So it's not just what you know about policies and getting chinfo clips and you know, all the social media pages that feed you information, but it's also what your people tell you, right? And what the conversations with your people reveal, because what you do with that information is it helps you make good informed decisions. So in this case that you've explained, perfect example of how this blends into situational leadership. So based on that conversation, his willingness to talk in an authentic way to you as a leader and your ability to create the conditions where they feel comfortable talking to you, he was able to reveal something and you picked up on several things that made you understand where in the situational leadership model to engage this person. So you didn't go to a very, as you would say, directing approach or considering your audience, you know, under the situational leadership model, you know, more immature per se, which leads you to more of a coaching, supporting, directing uh, kind of leadership style. In this case, you recognized, hey, I can move to a more delegating or coaching, supporting type approach from situational leadership. So I think that's another reason why understanding and open those windows and creating the environment for your followers to provide you information as well 
is important. So hopefully you guys are understanding the linkage. It's not just about the leader being transparent. It's about everyone on the team being transparent. And we even talk about that. One of the things I picked up when I was up at the SEA with you was let's talk about the peer piece of this, right? So leading across, we talked about the cheese mess. Why is this so important within a cheese mess to understand and open that window to your peers in the mess? We teach this and we preach it in the mess, right? We hold each other accountable. We're going to call each other out. You know, why are your, why are your hands in your pockets? Why, you know, hey, why does your division suck? Why, why, why are you having a hard time? And sometimes when you approach that in a different way of, hey, like what's going on? Things seem different. What's happening? And then you could actually open up a pathway. And again, I'm going to disclose, went through a divorce two years ago and people here at the staff, you know, pulled me aside and said, hey, what's going on? Things seem kind of off. What's going on? And I was like, oh, you know, going through a divorce, four kids, it's not pretty. And, uh, you know, the team rallied up and said, hey, look, we got your back. Take your time. Do what you need to do. You know, want to see you get back to where you were. And, you know, if they had not given me the feedback that they recognized that I was off, I probably would not have disclosed that something was going on. And that whole thing with the mess and how we tie each other in, because sometimes people are not doing their job properly. It's our job to talk to them. But that's not the, you know, hey, finger in the face, like, hey, why do you suck? Yeah, the conversation. And, and that's a big part about this is it's not talking to, it's not talking at, it's talking with. So talking with our peers and also to sharing, you know, some, some things like, Hey, I've been, you know, in the chief's mess since 2006 and you know, I've been through five messes. So my experience is, 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 and every mess is different, but, you know, talking to a young chief, uh, even a young senior chief, I'm like, you know, things are different. You know, this is how things are. Uh, but this is the way we need to move forward. We have guidance. We have rules. We have ways we need to do things. You know, this is what's going on and how we can make each other better. Yeah, I'm with you. Going to the right, you know, the model, looking at those two boxes there, right? Blind spot and the unknowns, right? So the unknown areas, like things you don't even know about yourself that obviously, and people don't know about you. What's an example of being in that box? The unknown is, as a leader could be, you're not aware of how you're leading and people are not willing to disclose to you or give you feedback or they're not really sure what to do about the way you're leading or what's going on. So you hover in this unknown. And when you're hovering in the unknown, you don't know, they don't know, nobody knows. And that's a dangerous place to be because now nobody's talking, nothing's happening and everybody is just kind of rolling along. That's how bad things happen. Yeah. So that's the unwillingness to approach, again, provide feedback to leadership on what's going on, right? So you're not going to get anything from the team on how to improve performance or, frankly, if your personal behavior is off or something like that. What about blind spots moving up into that one? That's when people see things about you that you don't even know about yourself. Let's talk about blind spots a bit. Well, and that could be, you know, you go to a, a different job, right? A different position, you go to a different command. You are acting or reacting the way that maybe you did at your last command and you bring that here and the whole group's like what's wrong with this person like they're like out of the box they don't know how to talk they don't know how to do anything this sucks and if you sit there that means a you're not really aware that you're doing something wrong or not being approachable but b now you're subordinates or peers or even leadership doesn't want to talk to you uh to give you feedback and let you know you know, these are all things we see with students that come through here because everybody's job and profession is different and everybody's roles are different and how they lead in those roles is different. So 
we kind of really hit home, like in your current position, is that, is there an avenue for feedback to you about what's going on? And sometimes we get the answer like, nope, don't need it. I lead how I lead. This is what I do. People don't like it. It's their problem. That means sometime something wrong may go down and nobody's going to tell you because they don't want to talk to you. Yeah. Why do you think people adopt that attitude? It's a little bit of both of, you know, we're chiefs. We, we're smart. We're technical experts. We, we know the organization. So my leadership method has been effective before, so it's effective now. And you can really see this, you know, when somebody comes from possibly like an operational command, you know, like I'll, I'll say I even had it. When I walked on board here, I was chest out. I just came off sea duty, aircraft carrier for years, came off there pretty well. I know what I'm doing. I know how to do it. I'm ready to rock. And then I got here and they're like, hey, look, we facilitate, you need to tone it down. You know, we're, we're here to learn from each other and from our students. So we don't, we're not one-way conversations facilitators. We actually learn from our students. Every class is a learning experience. And I was like, oh, you're right. I, you know, I, I had sea duty mode on when I should be, you know, in facilitator mode. And that really helped me out. And obviously some other things happen in, you know, in life. And like I disclosed earlier, you know, really changed my perspective on where I'm at, who I'm at, what people perceive about me. Yeah. And that gets back into that role playing and, and understanding what level of situational leadership you're in, right? You know, as a facilitator, your job is to coach and support that team through the discussion, not to direct it per se. So again, just like we talked about in Radical Candor, this all blends in together. Radical Candor blends in with Jahari Window and that blends in with situational leadership. So how do we reduce these blind spots? What's your advice to listeners on doing that? We preach it, right? You got to be approachable. And, and also another thing is, is if you disclose something personal about yourself, and this is an exercise we'll actually do in the class okay. during the lesson is like, we'll have the students write, you know, Hey, write something personal about yourself on a three by five. Don't put your name down. Don't put that anything illegal that you did in the past, but something that nobody knows about you in this room. And then we play a game of the facilitator reads the card and says, who do you think this is? Yeah, you know, and a lot of people share some things, and it's just, it's really eye-opening. But me personally, what I used with this was, uh, you know, again, disclosure is during uh, stand-downs, especially safety stand-downs, we talk about responsible alcohol use. I, I share that back in 2004, I lost a shipmate in a drunk driving accident. Uh, you know, he was home on terminal leave, and he was killed on his birthday. You know, one bad decision doesn't impact just you. It impacts everybody around you. So think twice before you do that, because it was a very difficult time for my department and my ship at the time, because he was on terminal leave. He was, we're in San Diego and he's in another state and we were having to handle this issue. So basically it's creating these venues of feedback or these avenues of feedback, right? Going to your team, whether you do that individually, perhaps it's some kind of self-generated midterm feedback where you don't let your team put their name on it or whatever. Uh, but also, like we talked about, you know, being willing to be vulnerable with information about yourself and your past experiences, right? Being authentic. With that comes risk, right? So people are probably thinking, you know, because I want to get into the barriers of why people don't disclose and open this window. I think there's these emotional or intellectual barriers to doing that. It's usually not a physical barrier, right? Your people are there. The team is there. You can communicate all you want, especially with modern communication tools. But I think it's more mental barriers, right? So what are the reasons why a leader would feel apprehensive to disclose things to their team? And then what's your advice on why that thinking would be misplaced? 
be it'd be a persona, right? I, I'm the senior quartermaster on board an aircraft carrier. I'm the departmental chief. I have a post command 05 as a navigator, a senior lieutenant as the assistant navigator, and I have 20 sailors. You know, I'm guiding them through this whole you know journey of navigating a warship. So, do I want to drop the facade and let them know that at the end of the day, I'm a person too who went through some life experiences and I can possibly help out based on my experience with you but people may be afraid that well i don't want my sailors to think that i'm weak or i don't want my seniors to think i'm weak or the mess to think i'm weak no life happens and if we're honest about that and what we do and there's nothing wrong with being honest about doing some bad things you know like hey don't do that with that piece of equipment because i did that wrong and got a little shock because i stuck my hand where i shouldn't have stuck it i didn't follow the maintenance card and you know, look at this scar I got. Yeah. It's being open and honest. I, it, it's true that people may be hesitant to do it because they, I'm the chief. I need to maintain this persona that we are unstoppable and unbreakable. Well, no, we're people that have experienced life. Yeah. So I think it's that risk that people see that either they're, they're sensing there's risk to their expert or personal power bases, right? That those will become weakened if I sh- share too much. I'll lose credibility and then trust. And then ultimately, I always believe like people are thinking about what's the impact to my to my career, right? Will I not get the eval because I look quote unquote weak? But at the end of the day, when you start to show that authentic side and really reveal your expert power base, particularly like you said, your experience, right? That's a piece of that, and that's the side people don't just want facts and figures and knowledge about PMS and technical standards. They want your personal experiences, right? How you navigated through experiences and decisions and offering that stuff up. And even though it makes you vulnerable, in the end of the day, I think people learn from that. And if you do it in a very authentic way, you'll see that your expert and your personal power bases actually go up. And that word spreads among the team. What's been your experience with that? It goes into, you know, if we get personal, right? Been through, uh, you know, my second divorce. So it comes to me with, uh, you know, hey, senior, uh, got some things going on at home, not good, separated, this and that. I get it. I've been in that position. And... You know, these are some things I learned and I did to help me out. So here's some recommendations for you. Here's some options. You know, not giving them like legal advice, but like life advice. Like I've been there. This is what you can do. Uh, You could tie it into, you know, hey, we're having a problem with this system. What's going on? Well, yeah, I've dealt with this before. Probably hitting the wrong button. You probably did this. Not saying you did it maliciously. You just need to pay attention and come in there and fix it. And so... People see that you're approachable and you're actually helping out your subordinates, your peers, and your seniors, and therefore people become comfortable approaching you. Like, hey, I heard that you know you you helped out this this person with this. I need help too. Okay, let, let, let's do this. Yeah, absolutely. So the last episode I hosted, uh, Mass Chief Nathan Rose, you know, you know Nate, and we explored this concept of radical candor. So he mentioned, you know, initially he wanted to get in Jahari window. So clearly there's some linkage. So can you explain the linkage and how you guys explain that between Jahari window and this concept of radical candor? And really what we facilitate a lot here is communication and how things are done. You know, how do you approach giving feedback and how do you approach receiving feedback? And then understanding where that is coming from. If you know you screwed up something or you did something wrong, you can fully expect to get a professional talking to. It's the context of why that's happening and you understanding and receiving it that way. Vice where if something is going on and somebody tries to give you direct 
actionable, effective feedback. You can take that on board and go, okay, I, uh, I need to adjust fire. I need to change my course a little bit. And I need to recognize where I may have failed and make it better for not just myself, but for the team. And the way that's done, it sometimes gets confused in our world because it's the old adage of you point one finger one way, there's three pointing back at you. Yeah. You know, are you giving effective pointed feedback in the right way at the right time? Because if you're just a screamer and all you do is you point and point and point, well, there could be a problem there that you're not recognizing or refuse to recognize. You're just more focused on the small problem and not the big problem. Yeah. That concept of being, I love that term, a boss hole, right? And then that's one of those, probably a blind spot, right? That others see you as that way, right? And a lot of times this is the perception known to self. You might think you're a great leader coming from that perspective and that leadership style, but known to others is their perception of you comparing it. You know, this is that implicit leadership theory, right? Is they're comparing that model of you as a leader to what the other positive models they've had in their life and you're not measuring up, right? So there's a leadership blind spot that's developed. So what you need that radical candor, right? And that feedback to adjust and get you back into the right quadrant. Or if you're hiding stuff or presenting a facade, people see that. Again, we rely on that radical candor and that feedback, right? Because they care and they're willing to confront you to get you up into that upper left window where you're revealing and communicating uh, for a variety of reasons, right? To protect your own reputation, to protect organizational reputation, to make sure the team is effective in accomplishing the mission. I see that's where the biggest linkage is. And absolutely. And that's why I really like this lesson because like, it's my, it's my tie into this whole thing was the very first time I facilitated this lesson under instruction, I kept saying Ficade, Ficade. And my OI just let it happen. I, I kind of noticed that he was chuckling a couple times every time I said it. And we went on a break. And one of the students came up to me and says, you know, hey, bro, it's it's facade. And I was like, okay. So then I totally played it off. I came back, back from break. I'm like, okay, everybody, I was just trying to see if you were paying attention by calling it facade. Yeah. We all know it be facade. And they all laughed. And it kind of tied it all together. Like, I disclosed that I didn't know how to say the word properly based on feedback that I got that I wasn't saying the word properly. And everybody was cool, and we all got on board, and we kept moving forward the lesson. And of course, the group, you know, ribbed me the rest of the class, the rest of the in residence about, oh, hey, remember when you said facade? It, they they go hand in hand. You were open and willing to admit, like, hey, I was wrong there, and you kind of adjusted, and you can take that ribbing. And because of that, the relationship among the team strengthens. So I think that's an example of that. You could take that and apply it to any kind of work scenario you want to. So any last thoughts for our listeners or what uh, resources, you know, I'll, I'll put probably some videos or articles in the episode description. What would you recommend for them to do, read, watch, to get more information on this topic? The Jahari window and the, the concept of radical candor it, it is all over there. I, mean, I, have, I have it pulled up my computer right now at work. The, the biggest thing is, is being honest with yourself about how do you, appear to receive feedback. If you get feedback and, all, and every single time you get feedback, you're upset or you, or you don't take it on board or well, that person's a jack wagon. I'm not listening to them. You're not going to grow. You're not going to, you're not going to change. And it's okay for us to communicate and disclose even sometimes on a personal level, because that, and especially in this day and age, everything that's going on, that can really change somebody's life or save somebody. Yeah. This has been a great discussion. I think it's built upon the prior episode my guest today has been Senior Chief Henry Nichol, Faculty Advisor and Facilitator at the U.S. Navy Senior Enlisted Academy. 
Hey, Henry, I've enjoyed this discussion to get today. Thanks for offering some more perspective on this. Uh, good luck to you and all the best. Awesome. Thanks, Paul, for having me. It was a really great time. I look forward to seeing you soon when you get up here. Yes, absolutely. All right, everyone. Well, that's it for another episode of the Cutlass Podcast. If you want to learn more about the topic we've discussed today or in any of the other episodes, check out the Chief Petty Officer's Guide or the other resources that are listed in any of the episode descriptions. Make sure to subscribe to the Cutlass Podcast on your favorite podcast channel. And then listen, like, share, comment, and help me get this content out and about. I'm Paul Kingsbury. Work hard to keep that leadership cutlass sharp, reflect and improve, and take what you learn to become a sturdy, versatile, incredible leader who makes a positive difference in your personal and professional life.